This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. Coming up, we're going to be chatting to TV's Dr. Ranch, ahead of children returning to school next week. And we've got plenty of reaction to Gillingham's win last night. But first, it's Wednesday, March the 3rd, Budget Day. Something you perhaps might not have paid too much attention to in the past, but this one is one of the most important ever delivered as the country looks to recover from the pandemic. Well, let's hear a bit of what the Chancellor had to say in the Commons at lunchtime. The OBR now expect the economy to return to its pre-COVID level by the middle of next year, six months earlier than previously thought. So to chat through the highlights, I'm joined on the podcast today by our business editor, Chris Britcher. So, Chris, Rishi Sunak was under a fair bit of pressure with this one, wasn't he? He was. He was um, normally budget sort of come and go without an awful lot of attention. But this year, of course, was going to be very different, what with the uh, the pandemic causing such devastation. Uh, and he had a very fine balancing act to make, which was uh, whether or not he was going to put taxes up, which many people expected him to do so, or um, to uh, to keep a steady ship for the time being and with, with the hope that things will, will improve. Yeah, quite a lot had been leaked ahead of the announcement, which is pretty unusual, but remind us what we already knew before today's announcement. Well, normally budgets are, are kept pretty closely guarded secrets and you have these very sort of suited and booted chancellors who uh, who keep everything very buttoned up. But uh, Rishi had performed somewhat of a striptease in the weeks leading up to this and stood before the Commons pretty much semi-naked. Um, we knew about the furlough scheme being extended. We knew about spending on the arts. We knew about fuel duty being frozen um, and other items as well, such as you know communities being able to own pubs and theatres and shops that were struggling. So... The big headline stuff had already been leaked out there, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt as well that during this pandemic, an awful lot of people have lost their jobs. And the Chancellor today seemed to be quite keen to talk a fair bit about job creation during his budget. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the key to getting things back on track will be to create jobs, which in turn obviously creates the taxes that flow into Whitehall coffers. And there's an awful lot of rebuilding to do and a lot of retraining for people, which was a key focus of his uh, of his budget announcement. So fingers crossed that will that will pan out. Yeah, he mentioned a fair bit, didn't he, about apprenticeships and things like that, which which perhaps we hadn't heard of before. Mm. I mean, particularly, we've heard a lot about how young people have suffered particularly badly during this pandemic. Um, so obviously opportunities for them to get into the workplace are vital. And what about sectors that have been hit particularly hard? What did they hear today? Well, obviously, the, the big ones that have been hit are hospitality, the sort of non-essential shops um, and tourism. Uh, they will be buoyed by the fact that business rates holiday is continuing until June. Um, there are additional grants for both hospitality and non-essential shops uh, and the VAT reduction um, continues so that's those will be things they will take some solace from despite the challenges they face at the moment. Yeah and certainly things from speaking to some business owners I know that they'd been calling for so firstly then how do you think businesses will be feeling today or business owners how are they going to be feeling after the budget? I think they're probably going to be quite relieved actually because I suspect a lot of them wondered if there were going to be some tax uh, introduced to try and claw back some money that doesn't seem to be the case and the support packages are continuing 
So whereas it's still a very uneasy time for these businesses at the moment, they simply don't know what the future holds at the moment. Um, I think they will feel some comfort that they can at least continue for the next six months, knowing there is support and knowing there is a way out of this. And what about families who perhaps haven't paid a huge amount of, of interest in the budget before? What would What should they have been listening out for today and how will they be faring, do you think? Well, it used to be a case that you'd watch the budget to find out how much box of cigarettes and your pint of beer was going to go up. Now it's, it's slightly broader than that. Um, I mean, the fact that income tax didn't go up, uh, which I think a lot of people were half expecting was going to be the um, the big surprise, uh, that didn't go up. So so arguably our, our money should be that as it was. Those claiming universal credit, they'll get the extra £20 as well until September, which is, a, again, a a boost to them um and uh, the national living wage is going up as well in april so arguably uh there's a it's probably an as you were situation but the fact it is as you were as opposed to you're going to lose money is probably a good thing indeed and rishi made it very clear that this was the road to recovery thanks ever so much chris well let's also get some reaction from joe james who's the chief exec of the kent and victor chamber of commerce on the face of it, the budget appears to be generous in, in some areas and all I can say is fair in others. Um, you know, if you consider the billions that have been spent supporting the economy uh, since March 20, there was concern from business that the Chancellor would take this opportunity to start to claw back now from business. But yes, you know, there's going to be uh, tax rises, but they're not immediate. I think what this budget has done is given businesses some breathing space. You know, we expected corporation tax to rise, but I think it's excellent news for our small businesses that uh, those with profits below 50k, there's actually going to be no change. And then it's a, a, a tapered rate increase up to profits of 250k. So I think for our small business community, uh, I think that's actually that that's actually good news. But I think probably the most welcome news is, is going to be the extension of the furlough scheme. That's been you know, a lifeline for so many businesses across the county and, and many will, will now be breathing a huge sigh of relief, uh, you know, particularly those that are closed or are facing re- reduced demand. And I think another good thing is going to be the access to finance because that's going to be paramount as business start to move forward. Um, and I think with the, the bounce back and Sybil's loans coming to an end, the announcement of the recovery, the recovery loan um, is certainly going to be well received. And, you know, and, and as with the furlough scheme, the additional grants for hospitality, retail and leisure sectors will again be welcomed. Although, you know, to be honest, you know, the amounts are just a drop in the ocean compared to the actual losses that so many have made in this sector. But all the same, you know, any support, I think, will be well received. And, you know, that also applies to the self-employed scheme, the fact that that's going to be extended. And those now who weren't eligible uh, because they had recently started up, you know, now they're going to, to be eligible for this uh, this next round. But sadly, there's still many that have fallen between the gaps and and will once again miss out. And it was quite disappointing um, that that they weren't included um, this time round. But you know, it's good to hear that there's going to be funding for training and also for businesses to move to digital because you know these are two areas that are going to be vital for businesses when we look at the recovery. So overall, I think these measures will go a long way to helping our economy recover more quickly. And from a business perspective, uh, 
I think actually it was a, a fair budget. Thanks ever so much to Jo for sending her reaction. We can see a snapshot of everything that was announced today at kentonline.co.uk. Do you think enough is going to be done to steer the economic recovery? You can let us know what you think of the Chancellor's budget by commenting on the story. The Kent Online Podcast with Serenity Parks. Other top stories now on former Dover MP Charlie Elphick has lost an appeal against his prison sentence for sexually assaulting two women. The 49-year-old is currently serving two years behind bars after being convicted last September of three counts. The High Court heard today how he'd spent eight weeks in quarantine while being moved between four different prisons and also contracted COVID. He's always denied any wrongdoing. Police have raided a property in Canterbury as part of an investigation into guns being rented out for gang attacks. More than 350 officers were involved in the operation to search 11 addresses in Kent, London and Essex early this morning. Ten people aged between 16 and 20 have been arrested. Meantime, dozens of people in Kent have been arrested in connection with drug dealing in the past month. A total of 24 were detained, including a 30-year-old in Maidstone, after he allegedly ordered his dog to attack another man. Raids were also carried out across the county, including at a property in Gillingham, where officers found more than 150 wraps of cocaine. A combined total of 11 years in prison sentences have been handed out, more than £20,000 in cash seized and 15 weapons recovered. And two lorry drivers who tried to smuggle Class A drugs through the port of Dover have been jailed for a combined total of 31 years. Border Force officers found 84 kilos of cocaine and heroin in one vehicle last April before 37 kilos was discovered in another in June. The drugs were hidden under boxes of frozen pizza and a mattress. Kent Online News. Now, Dr Ranch has been telling the Kent Online podcast it's absolutely the right time for all children in Kent to be going back to school. The TV medic who grew up in Medway has been to visit a secondary school to see how COVID testing will be carried out. Older pupils will have to do three tests in school, then carry them out at home twice a week. He's been telling us what he thinks. I think we have to acknowledge that youngsters have actually been pretty amazing throughout the pandemic. They've shown incredible resilience. They're really adaptable. They've kind of just taken everything on the chin and got on with it. Um, And I want to reassure them that as they return back to school, to remember that school is the best place in many ways for them, for their physical health, for their mental health, for their education, their social, emotional, just general well-being. And a lot of young people will be keen to go back and get back to some sort of normality. But you can feel relatively reassured that people are doing whatever they can and the best they can to try and make it as safe as possible for everyone. And that is hugely important that we get people back as quickly as possible but also as safely as possible. Now it's going to be very different for primaries and secondary schools we'll come on to that but I know you've been to to visit a school haven't you what was it like? Yes so I visited a secondary school in southeast London to get a glimpse of the kind of measures that they're putting in place existing ones and the new ones that are coming in that will hopefully enhance the protection that we're already able to give them. So it was quite an eye-opening experience. So in addition to all the existing things like 
hand washing and hygiene, um, making sure that there was cleaning uh, around the school, bubbles, distancing, ventilation, that sort of stuff, which will be maintained and often enhanced for many places. Um, what is coming in is regular testing for staff, regular testing for secondary and college pupils, testing for families and bubbles, um, and also increased use of face coverings, particularly in communal areas, in classrooms, where social distancing can't be maintained for secondary and college age pupils, as well as all staff. And these are hugely important measures that we haven't had in place before, and they add in an extra layer of safety to try and make the environment as safe as we possibly can. But that still means we have to follow all of the other rules and try and be as careful as possible. And can you tell us a bit about the testing that children will be doing? Because for some of those children, they might not have actually had a COVID test yet. Yeah, yeah. So I was really keen to talk to the pupils about this to find out what their experience and opinion on this was. So one of the big changes that is being introduced is regular testing for obviously staff have all been doing it across educational settings, but regular testing for asymptomatic, that is children that don't have symptoms in secondary and college settings. And it starts, first of all, where they uh, learn how to do the tests in school. So they'll be offered three tests in school and then they do it twice weekly at home. It's not compulsory. It is recommended. And it's done on a lateral flow device. These are these small sort of plastic cartridges, similar to a pregnancy test, where you can swab yourself, your throat and your nose, put it into a, um, a vial that contains a special kind of liquid and then you put it into this cartridge and it gives you a result within about 30 minutes. The beauty of these tests are that they're quick. They are really easy to do and you can do them at home and they give you a relatively accurate result. And if you get a positive result, obviously you've got to follow all of the other precautions that NHS Track and Trace have been advising for ages. Um, and I was really surprised to hear that young people took to these just as a matter of fact thing. You know, it's weird when you first start doing it. A lot of people are a bit um, uncertain about how it's going to feel or what to do, but it's so impressive how quickly they took this within their stride and it's just become a normal part of life for them so i don't think we need to worry quite as much about the testing yeah as you say they do seem to just adapt don't they and this will just be another thing as part of the school day that they have to do yeah so they've taken to changing the way they've um got their schooling you know obviously a lot of people have been schooling from home and now as they return back to school their school day will have changed they have adapted to that and they understand it and they get it and they know what to do they have adapted to wearing face coverings where it's recommended and wherever they are able to and they've also adapted very quickly especially in the pilot sites where this has been run to the lateral flow testing and I think that this will just become a normal part of their life for now until we get in a situation where we are able to lose these restrictions as well. But for now, to keep everybody safe as possible, it's really important that we try to do as much as we can. Health bosses have told the Kent Online podcast the unidentified person who's tested positive for the Brazilian variant of coronavirus is not in Kent. Officials are continuing their search for someone who didn't fill in their contact details and are reaching out to 379 possible households said to be in the southeast. There have been six confirmed cases of the potentially more dangerous mutation in the UK. Work to regenerate part of Gravesend Town Centre is finally due to start this month after years of delays. 
More than 200 new homes and a multi-storey car park are being built as part of the charter development, which will see the Hornyard and Market Square areas transformed. A revamp of the Heritage Quarter was first suggested more than 15 years ago and will cost £160 million. And at Kent Online today, you can read the fascinating history of a school that was set up for Jewish children fleeing Germany before the Second World War. Bunce Court in Otterden is one of many schools in the county that have closed down over the years. We've also been looking into others, including Queen's School in Margate, Pemp Valley Technology College near Folkestone and Chaucer Technology School in Canterbury. Kent Online Sport. Football now, and we've got plenty of reaction to last night's win for Gillingham in League One. They beat MK Dons 3-2 at Priestfield, thanks to goals from Jordan Graham, Verdane Oliver and Connor Ogilvy. Midfielder Stuart O'Keefe says they all put everything into the game. Everyone had to do their jobs. Everyone had to, to work, their, work their socks off and credit to a man. We've done that for the whole 90, 95 minutes, whatever it was. And, and we managed to get the win that we probably deserve Saturday as well. I think we were just a little bit in our shells, you know, a bit taken back by it. Maybe give them a little bit too much respect and, and we had to change shape. But you could see the second we changed a bit of shape and, and we, we managed to get close to them then and force them into mistakes. And I think we probably edged the first half, you know, I think... Uh, we had some good chances to go maybe 3-1 ahead. Obviously, it didn't happen. We were a bit disappointed to go in 2-2. Uh, but at least it just changed the aspect of the game and we managed to put our put our stamp on it, which was uh, which was vital. Excellent finishes, you know, and, and, and I think you've got to be like that. When when you take your chances, you know, against good opposition, you have to t- you have to take them because otherwise you can you can fall the wrong side of a result. So fair play, the boys took the finishes really well and it's encouraging. It's the best I've felt, to be honest. Um, with such a long period out, I've, I've started to come back, had had a few substitute appearances, a couple of starts. So I'm starting to get back to my match fitness. You know, fitness is a big part of my game and something where I can add, add real energy and bite into that midfield. And um, I think um, tonight was the best it's, best it's been. So hopefully we can continue and improve. The Jules are now 14th in the League One table as they prepare to host Ipswich Town this weekend. We also caught up with boss Steve Evans. Well, we score more goals than them. Um, with more efforts and goal than them, we probably... What their goalkeeper, we definitely want their goalkeeper harder. But uh, in fairness to them, you know how they're going to play. The goalkeeper will have the most possession, uh, more possession than any outfield player for sure. And that's how they play. But I think for seven or eight minutes, we we didn't put any of the plans that we put in place into action. And um, we got a little break then. Um, Ryan Jackson was there and just feeling his shoulder a little bit. And we got the opportunity to to change our way we were going to play and change the strategy. And we'd worked on part of that yesterday as well so we changed it around I think from there on in we're, we're by far the better side you know we get the penalty uh, we take that we then get you know uh, Vidane puts the young centre back under pressure and he makes it howler and we score and I think we, make, we miss a big big chance to go 3-1 up you know you expect the way we counter attack you expect Jordan to score but it just falls his weaker foot and he, he's slipping as well and it's a travesty, really, that when you look back and you look at it back tonight, as I will, and see that only I've seen it, and see that there's not a corner, there's a, there's a clear throw in to, to Gillingham. And we concede from that same corner, and, and that's hard to take. It's hard to take. But we said to the players at half-time, the one thing that's not really changed is the way MK Dons play. Russ is a brilliant young manager. It's, it's a very attractive on the eye, uh, but they're not going to change. We have to retain our shape, retain our discipline. And when we got opportunities, then we uh, we attack with a real presence. I think we did that. We get the the goal from a one throw in from Jacko, bit of a bit of a hash clearance if you like. But Connor does brilliant. It's a fantastic strike. No one saves it. And I think they're on in until the last. I think practically the last kick of the game, or just you know ten seconds from the end when when Jack puts one over the bar. I think we very comfortably win. 
And finally, cricket, Kent and England's Zach Crawley has been speaking ahead of the fourth test with India. Now the tourists were beaten in just two days by the hosts in the last game. They'll be hoping to do much better this time around and level the series to all. Zach says they're feeling confident. There's definitely a way back. You know, we've, we've already won. We're already won one game down. We've won the great test in the first, um, first test match. It's going to require us. Um, so, you know, you get a good first inning lead, I think, and, and that's going to require us about really well. You have to set the alarm early. Play gets underway at 4am tomorrow, our time. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.